Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Strength in the Numbers. Now, can we say that we all know what's the right mindset to have towards our finance careers? I mean, not in theory, but in practice. To not merely become more influential as a finance professional and solve meaningful problems for our organisations, but how also to have a fun, rewarding career in accounting and finance. To gain a sense of what this right mindset might look like, we've prepared a special episode where we share with you how four of our previous guest mentors have found mindsets that have worked in their finance careers, the results they've learned in doing so, why they did what they did, the impacts it had on them, their careers, their colleagues and organisation, and they share with you some ideas on how you can perhaps do the same in your careers or similarly add value for your organisations. So the guest mentors we have on today's show are Angela Ho, who's a Senior Vice President, and Principal Accounting Officer Ocean First Bank. And Angela's advice is pretty useful for young female executives wishing to progress their careers, why it's important to be clear about and share your goals with others, and also how to remain goal-orientated but not lose sight of what's important in life as well. Our next bit of insight from our guest mentors is from Nigel Franklin. I really enjoyed having Nigel on the show. He's Vice President of Financial Reporting and Controllership at Prudential's International Insurance Business. He shares a great concept around Me Inc. That's got three parts and he deconstructs those for us on the call. And he also describes one daily habit he does at the start of every day, the benefits of Stoic philosophy and also observer theory and why it's perhaps an important mindset to have as finance professionals in our careers. Our next guest is a really fun and playful Glim Bailey, who's a holistic performance coach that works with individuals, entrepreneurs and organizations that drive better performance. And Glim had an amazing career as an accomplished head of finance and business strategy before that. And she deconstructs for us what really matters with regard to our next career move, a practical way to become a linchpin in finance on a daily basis, and also a mindset of having empathy and having the right assumptions around the insights that we have. And finally, one of our earliest guests, Andy Burrows, the founder and CEO of superchargedfinance.com, shares why we need to shift our mindsets to be a bit more outward looking And also one of my favorite topics is how we can be more curious in accounting and finance to add value. So look, this episode is jam-packed with great advice and I know there's going to be something in there from each of the four guest mentors we've had on in the past. So it'll be really worth your time listening in on this one. So I'll get off the mic now so you can listen to more of the show. So without further ado, over to our guest mentors and the show. There is merit to being hardworking. You, you do, you know, we, we do have to show that first, Hard, being hardworking, uh, being committed to your career. Um, hey, and maybe my path is not similar to all uh, female accounting and, and finance professionals. Um, but I think that treating yourself as an equal to a male um, speaking just as loudly if not louder than um, than the men in your organization 
um, or even outside and knowing that you do bring value to the conversation. I mean, there are so many articles out there talking about how, hey, you know what? Companies with more females on their boards have, have higher stock returns and, and how there is a real shortfall of uh, female board members. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, so there's an awareness in the marketplace of this, of sort of this, if you want to call it an issue. And so, you know, the, the issue or, or the shortfall has been identified. So it's our, it, the opportunity is ours to seize it. And so if that is a goal of, of yours, um, and it certainly is of mine, um, make it known, you know, tell as many people as you can that, hey, Definitely. look, I do want to serve on a board, whether it's a nonprofit or, you know, if you, if you want to be a paid board member. Um, and if it's, if it is your goal to be in the C-suite, be clear about what it is that you want and what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It shouldn't be a secret, right? Because oh, the more people be. that know about your goals and aspirations, uh, if something comes down the pike, then you'll be top of mind for them to reach out to, right? So, um, yeah, building your brand and and really putting putting it out there. Well, well exactly. I mean, look, if you've got if you've taken the time to invest in building good quality relationships at work, people like you and you let them know what opportunities you're interested for, it's just like any business that, that where people get referred or businesses get referred, you'll be top of mind, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just really good practical advice. I mean, and, and how hard is that like to, um, to, to follow up, you know, for our audience? So I encourage everyone, you know, listening to this podcast to to follow through what Angelus has shared with us. I mean, that's just good common sense, but sometimes you just need to hear it or have it reinforced for us that this is doable. This is achievable. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And and if I can add, because this is top of mind for me, uh, don't be afraid of being a bitch at work. (laughs) Um, And what I mean by that is, is, you know, you know, you don't need to be a jerk, but the confidence thing, um, and sometimes it's important to show that, hey, what you say is what you mean. And especially, you know, women versus men, generally speaking, especially for me, it's a personal challenge to speak in literally a louder volume. Um, and sort of command that equal presence. Uh, it's it's important to to believe in yourself and and to be committed every day as you uh, as as you present yourself. And so if you if there's something you believe very strongly in, don't be don't be afraid to back down. Um, and what's helpful is to you know perhaps build a you know support group as you go into these battles. Yes. Um, before outside before you do get into the meeting room and so it's the you know you have support when you do enter the room yeah i can't i i think that's the most important thing but then that those support groups have come from all the work that's been done on the relationships and and people understanding yeah. your, your value because then you know again yeah. i think when it comes to speaking a bit louder 
you know, that's just that's just demonstrating the integrity that our profession and our position within our company's demands. I mean, we're there to ensure completeness and accuracy. And that's just integrity of the business, underlying business numbers. And in terms of having integrity to ourselves, it's just living living our purpose and, and living who we want to be and being ourselves. So that's why I, th- I just don't see any issue with, with doing that. But some of us have cowered away from from perhaps best representing ourselves and what we can offer in those moments. And, you know, just to, to share with our listeners, don't be afraid. And uh, and only good yeah. things will tend to happen in the longer run from those things. So that's a great, great advice, um, Angela. I'd, I'd, uh, this, I'd love to sort of jump into some other questions before I do. You know, like you did mention earlier, you're fairly goal orientated. So, you know, when it comes to the career and, and uh, succeeding, how do you then not lose sight of perhaps what's important in life as well? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> so while, um, you know, my work and career is very important to me. And I think what I've recently realized is, uh, and I think just with um, spending some time self-reflecting, mm-hmm. time outside of the office is just as important, if not more important. See, if you're not healthy mentally or physically, uh, then you cannot be your best self in the office. Definitely. And so it's so important to recharge um, and to really, I, I, I found it quite helpful to truly separate, you know, my time outside of the office and um, my time in the office. And sure, there's, there are times when there needs to be some overlap, but if you are being fully rejuvenated uh, and recharged when you're not at work, then you'll, I I think just overall, you'll be a better performer when you are in the office. And so, you know, it depends on what works for you. Um, But for me to be unplugged when I'm not here, it really helps me perform at a much higher level when I am, when I am sitting at my desk. Um, And so my personal relationships, friendships, uh, family, uh, mental health, uh, physical health are very important to me. And when those things start to slide, uh, so do so. So does my performance at work. And so, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily talking about living a balanced uh, life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because this it, it's not possible to live a balanced life. It's I think just what's important to you. Um, particular point in time and so it's it's really being self-aware and knowing what is critical to you uh and so if you if someone in your family is sick and if more time needs to be devoted there um make that known to your employer to your boss to your team and look people love to help and people are good human beings so true and if that's what you need people will support you and there are times when that will shift right someone else on your team may need additional support and i'm sure that you will rise to the occasion when that or if that were to happen and so that's that's what being a team is about Me Inc. is more so a, a conversation in, 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 in self-leadership 
you know, maximizing my, my current potential or, or the, the, the participants' current potential and just understanding how self-care, uh, self-mastery, you know, all those things are, are very, very important in ensuring that you show up the, your, your best self every day, right? I think in, in some of the reading I've been doing within the last year, it was saying that, you know, sometimes we always make the worst of situations. But the one thing that's that's with us through every experience is ourselves, right? So you're <laughs> unhappy in one place and you get up and you go to someplace else figuring you'll be happier. But if if you haven't changed and you're the same person who's going along, you're going to be just as 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 unhappy, right? So the me and co- the me ink conversation is try- kind of just how I've gone about my daily walk over the last couple of years, and I've been lucky enough I've, I've transitioned from uh, one job to another uh, through new experiences, through just interactions with definite different people, introduction to emotional intelligence, finding out what motivates me, and where I landed on at the the end of the I think and for accountants it's in, in three segments right it's your your mind body and your soul right and these are the mm. things that you have to make sure you're uh, you're fueling on a daily basis or taking care of on a daily basis to make sure that you're the best you and I, I should just as I back into it, I think your your body is the vehicle, right? I mean, that's the only thing that's going to carry you through this experience called life. And if you're not taking care of your vehicle, then you're gonna you're gonna run out of uh, steam at some point. The mind stuff, it is a muscle. It is something that you have to keep working on. And and one of the cool things that I recently learned was the observer theory, right? Is that basically right. your your mind creates your reality. Or your reality will morph based on, on on kind of who is actually observing it. So if I'm going in every day at work thinking, you know, I I I, I hate my job, then I'm going to make the the experiences that are going to follow me through that day are going to be experiences that's going to confirm my outlook that I hate my job, right? And then mm-hmm. the the soul aspect of it is just the things that that make you feel good. So not the churchy aspect of it, but if if that's your thing, it could be. But the things that would make you feel good about, about what you're doing, right? So, Andrew, it, just a, a quick one for you. If you were just to smile now, right? Just, just you don't have to do anything, but just if you just smile, no matter where you're at, it makes you feel better, right? Like, oh, completely. Just, just and, I, and like, even when you look smile at someone, you right. know, like, what are you transferring to them, right? Yeah, so it's 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 amazing, right? So so that was the the concept, uh, the the me ink portion of it is how you're investing in yourself daily. And, and what it was, it was just kind of also going through some mindset changes, you know, driving self-awareness. And when I say driving self-awareness, it's like understanding that it's like sleep, diet and exercise are the only ways that you can modulate your energy system. Uh, so if you're not if you're not feeding those things on a daily basis, or if you're not feeling them from time to time, you cannot show up your best self. Right. You can't be your best self if you're not feeling good. You can't be your best self if you're in a in a horribly emotional state. I, I don't know if you do, do you know people who are like you're like, how, how is it possible that you can wake up angry or how is it possible for you to be so angry this early in the morning? Right. So <laughs> I would I would hold my hand. Up. I have to say it's not really so much the case now, but definitely I know earlier in my career I was getting very frustrated yeah. in terms of the promotions weren't coming as fast as I wanted. The recognition wasn't there. And I know some of our audience have definitely felt like that as well. So, so like, look, I, I think I've sort of nailed it, covered it a bit. But, you know, from your perspective, Nigel, like, have you got any sort of practical tips or maybe steps that 
that some of our audience could follow who might be in that scenario to to help them through it and actually not be as sort of frustrated and, and have a negative mi- mindset for the day? It's like I try to start my day the, the same way every day. And, and some people yeah. are actually surprised by this. But <laughs> I, I wake up and the first thing I do is read. I read. I think your, your brain's the most pliable at that point in the morning. Uh, so think of it this way, right? So if I read 10 pages a day, I can read a, a 200-page book every month, uh, give or take some days off. So I read first thing. Then I exercise for a little bit. After my exercise, I, I generally listen to something positive, which gets you in the right place. Um, sometimes that's repeating the same the same video, the same song over and over again, which which gets me into a good place. Uh, and on the really really bad days, when you know I'm I'm a little tired, I may not be in the best mental state, or I'm dragging a bit that morning, I actually try to listen to something inspirational, right? So it can be uh, something about you know an affirmation or anything else, right? Um, before I, I used to sit quietly for a little bit before I went about my day to get myself in the right main start mind frame. So it was just, uh, people would say meditation. I would say just sitting and breathing deeply for a little bit, which is quite, quite interesting, right? Um, it's so simple. Mm. It's probably the one thing that, that your body doesn't leave to you as well, but you can just sit and, and, and make sure that you're in a calm, collected place before you go about the day. And then there are just different things. Recently, for me, I've, I've been reading a lot about um, Stoic, um, Stoic philosophy oh, interesting. Uh, and, and, and the dichotomy of control, which, which actually um, puts you in a very, very good place, right? Because there are just so many things that are out of your control and there's nothing you can actually do about it, right? So um, you, you can choose to be angry at every turn. Or you can just choose to accept it. Now, I'm not saying be complacent, but you can, exactly. choose your, you can choose your response to a lot of it. So it's not it's a little bit different than what most people would say. But it, I think essentially what I'm saying is that there's a, a perspective that you'd have to try to cultivate. And if you're cultivating that right mindset, you, you can be you can be fine, you know, along the way. Right. Time has always been the measure that most of us have used to go, if I do two to three years, that's deemed to be appropriate. But realistically, what is appropriate? This is your one shot at living your life. You get to choose where you're headed. And as long as you're adding value, as you've just mentioned, and you've got really clear deliverables and you're surpassing them, then I don't see that there's any issue in moving sooner than a time frame that someone else may or may not have decided is appropriate for you. I completely agree. And, and, and one thing, when you sort of said you add value, I think we're probably kindred spirits on that one because I, I read a recent article you wrote about being a linchpin. Yes. And like I would just sort of say, you know, be irreplaceable or, or be vital, you know, as opposed to someone that is replaceable. So like, yeah. what, you know, what do you mean if you were to sort of say to our audience being a linchpin, what does that mean in your mind? For me, it's about, um, and I love Seth Godin. So, but for me, that book was really about understanding what does it take to be indispensable and how do you be remarkable on a daily basis? Because I think we, we can get ourselves into a rut of going, okay, I've got my objectives for the year. I may or may not have regular check-ins with my leader. I may or may not have a mid-year performance review, but I know I'll have my year-end one where I'll have to talk about what I've delivered in the year. And, oh, can I think back to the last month of what I've delivered? And can I really (laughs) remember what I've done for the last year to to warrant an outstanding 
grade. And for me, being a linchpin doesn't wait doesn't wait till that 12 month mark before you start assessing your performance it's about going okay if I was to perhaps start the year as if I was going to give myself an A for my performance for the entire year what qualities would I need to be demonstrating throughout the entire year to be delivering an A performance and if you can have that mindset to go okay that's what an A performance looks like or an A star or whatever the grading is at the top of the chain now, you're looking at it going, okay, well, what, what will that need me to do and how would that need me to show up in order to deliver? And that's what, for me, being a linchpin is about. It's surprising and delighting people. It's going out of your way to make an impact because recognizing that in today's world, especially with the digital evolution, the map that we once had that we were encouraged to follow is being yeah. diminished. And what Lynchpin really is stating is you now need to create your own map. You need to determine mm. where you fit and how you add value and also demonstrate to the organization that you are indispensable. So when it comes to making choices about humans or robots, it's a no brainer when it comes to you yeah. because you've demonstrated that your ability to connect the dots, your insight, your ability to leverage relationships is far superior than any artificial intelligence is going to be doing. So that for me is what being a linchpin is about. And I would say that's probably one of the things that's helped me in my career is about widening the scope of your uh, impact. So don't limit it just to finance. You know, you're, you're a finance expert, you're qualified, you've got the you know examination results and your the letters behind your name to prove your credibility in the field but allow yeah. yourself to widen your scope and think okay well i've got credibility here but how can i build credibility elsewhere and i do that by being more empathetic and in my case spending time with sales guys the majority of uh, my commercial finance days and recognizing that often you know many thoughts would travel through my mind some of them complimentary, some of them not so complimentary. And I think, <laughs> why, why, why on earth do they do what they do? And it's only when you allow yourself to go, okay, if I saw what they saw, if I knew what they knew, if I believed what they believed, would I be making the decision they're making? And nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. So if you can allow yourself to really understand and get behind their their thinking behind a decision or a choice made, it allows you to really start going, okay, well, what can I do to influence their worldview? What new information and knowledge can I present and share such that I can change the insight that they have around the decision they make? How can I share? show up as a partner as rather than someone who's just a challenger and say, actually, we've got the same goal here, but we're coming at it from different perspectives and how might we do that in a way that's more effective. And I just think certainly from my own experience in finance is that it's so easy to be a bit more black and white in our thinking because a lot of the way we've been taught through our program is, you know, there's a formula, we, we can figure things out and we've got insight and also sometimes yeah. I think we forget how, how much we know and you assume other people have got the same lens and the same knowledge and the insight yeah. that you have. And I think so if you can allow yourself to go, well, you know, these individuals that I'm trying to partner with, 
haven't had the same training or discipline in the background I have. They don't see the world the way I see it because of my own experience. So how can I give them a bit of insight into what I know and what I see and what I believe and therefore why that leads to a different decision than they're making and jointly work together to go, okay, these are where our worldviews differ. Empathy is a huge one in finance. If you can find more empathetic finance folk, I think the impact that we would have across the organization would be immense. My view would be that we need to focus more on driving business value and and kind of become a little bit more uh, outward looking as in if we see ourselves as driving business performance you know we're, we're all about supporting the business driving the business protecting the business uh, and and its performance if we start being more outward looking and you know what what can we help the business with to help it be to add more value to make more profit and more cash etc then i think we'll become more valuable to to the business and i think that mindset shift is what we need more than sort of cost cutting finance transformation type programs i've developed a bit of a, a bugbear with transformation programs that just try to make finance cheaper and actually it gives the wrong impression i think finance can be a lot more value by uh, what it does rather than you know cutting down the number of people who are in it within reason i mean we do need to be efficient to yeah i think it's that mindset mindset shift yeah and actually it's funny it uh, you know in terms of the customers themselves you know i do work with uh, smes as well and also involved in some you know commercial negotiations or larger companies and really i think there's a mindset change in businesses themselves looking more towards the outcomes that companies or service providers are adding to them or delivering for them and maybe finance isn't immune from that it may be an internal department that as you said it, it's it's sort of really involved in a lot of other parts of the business and functions and we get that visibility and involvement you know but we really need to look at our, the outcomes we're driving and maybe that's where the performance angle comes back in and i'm just trying to think in your experience andy is there one key habit or strength or quality we need to be developing so that we can get on that outcomes journey where we actually are adding some some value, some tangible outcome or output for the business that we can hang our hats on? I think in terms of habits, it's a, a case of being curious about what uh, you know, how the business works. So if you're working for a business, no matter what your position in finance, um, it doesn't matter really whether you're in a financial accounting role or a, an FP&A role. I think having that curiosity about how the business works will eventually sort of grow into adding value um, because you start thinking about why are we doing this? You know, how is this adding value to the business? How is how is it increasing profit? Um, you know, what are the benefits? Um, and certainly, um, when you start getting involved in in change projects as well, uh, sort of like, you know, why are we spending this money on this change project? Well, it's to it's to deliver a benefit or a number of benefits which will enhance the performance of the business. So let's focus on the benefits and the and the performance of the business. Uh, so I think it's getting into the into the habit, um, and that involves 
you know, talking to um, people within the business, finding out what they do uh, and how they do it. Um, like you say, I, I had an interest. I had to have an interest in marketing around the sort of interim management. Um, but even within the business, it's sort of, um, you know, how, how are we marketing ourselves, um, and uh, how how do we get sales? Um, how do we work out how to price products? Uh, what are the products giving to our customers? Um, and, and start to think about the risks in the market. You know, are those products at risk of being taken? Uh, you know, getting being out of date, or is technological advance going to come along and make it obsolete, or stuff like that? You know, always thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.